All right, folks, it is Tuesday, September 12th, and I'm Josh Boykin, the founder of Intelligame.us. You're listening to another edition of Intelligame Radio. Folks who tuned in yesterday heard us have a discussion about PewDiePie's usage of the N-word, which, of course, was all over the internet, particularly gaming sections of the internet yesterday. Um, as a, an exceptionally successful YouTuber in the gaming space, what he does sets a tone for tons of fans. And today... He posted a video titled My Response, a minute and 35 second long video where he apologizes for his action, uh, says that he doesn't feel like he can just do whatever he wants, feels like he has added into a culture that, um, that he feels when he sees in action is shameful or childish and that he understands that he needs to do better. Now, I think there'll be a number of discussions and commentaries about whether or not the statement is genuine, whether or not he is actually going to change the nature of his content. Um, for all intents and purposes, I hope he does. I, though I, a part of me wants to only trust this as far as I can throw it, and it's digital content, so I, I can't even physically pick it up to throw it. Um, there's also a part of me that would love for this to be the opportunity where he realizes that when you have 57 million subscribers on YouTube, that maybe you should act the role and get it together. You should be using that influence as a point of positivity and good in the world, as opposed to just casually throwing power around. Now, the unfortunate situation here and i i what i want to call attention to is the way that people gravitate towards an example that has been set and of course i have figured this out by doing the one thing that nobody ever should do on the internet and that is read the comments now of the video that he posted it has 273,000 thumbs ups and 9,000 thumbs downs the top comment right now was posted an hour ago and it says to be effing honest the word the word holds too much power the top reply to that is yes there were slaves in america there were also slaves around the world you were never a slave i was never a slave owner and neither was my heritage i'm white do not group all white people together if we continue to scroll down and read other comments we get you're just a human being or What's more racist, a white man who says the N-word or saying that only black people can use the N-word? That one has 1.5 thousand or 1,500 thumbs ups. Uh, let's see, there's another one with 1.6 thousand uh, or uh, with 1,600 thumbs ups because apparently saying a word means you automatically hold racial prejudices. He doesn't. He said a word. Wow. And, of course, uh, just a couple down from that is somebody dropping the N-word and getting almost a thousand thumbs ups. In fact, there are a number of comments on this thread that are just people repeatedly spamming the N-word. 
and getting multiple thumbs ups as a result. What I am hoping that PewDiePie is learning from this, what I hope that other people are learning from this as well, is that actions have consequences. People look up to role models and emulate them. And regardless of whether or not PewDiePie's apology is quote unquote genuine, he has still cultivated a base that relies on this idea of reinforcing casual racism that there are, I mean, the people here who are functioning as essentially apologists who are saying, oh, what you did was okay. Oh, what you did was fine. Many of these folks, at least by their icons, are white folks. And so the idea that they're, they're not even prioritizing or thinking about the people who were actually offended by this or the people who were, the, the people who were attacked in the first place sort of the blind leading the blind in this situation and I don't know how to change that at this point that sea is so large the community of people who want to continue to justify these actions who want to continue to say that he did nothing wrong that's a pretty large tide to attempt to shift I don't know where to start You know what? Actually, I lied. I think I do have some ideas on what to do next. I think I would start with an outright condemnation of the style of actions that he's been taking over the course of these videos. The justification of casual racism that comes from dropping an N-word in just a random streaming online space like that. Or posting videos that carry anti-Semitic symbolism outright saying these things are wrong and here is why and this isn't oh the liberal media or the social justice warriors but I legitimately did something wrong because it's really easy to look at this as well you're just about to lose ad revenue so whatever so if you're really interested in making a change probably worth it to say why also, this would be a great opportunity to use that 57 million subscriber wide platform to highlight or elevate some voices of perhaps people of color or other people who have been the target of your attacks. Now, this is a risky decision, and I'm, I'm still not sure how I feel about that because I, I, I cannot help but imagine that highlighting somebody else's work like that would only set them up to be attacked by this mass of, as we've already talked about, cultivated either apologists or in some cases outright racists. And even in the most uh, benign of cases, still internet trolls. And so I feel like if PewDiePie were to start working with more people of color or women and doing collaborations, I can't help but imagine that would just, it would be like pointing the eye of Sauron onto, onto whoever those creators are. But I do feel like there is an opportunity to start not just saying, oh, I'm sorry, and move on with life, but to actually use that platform and that influence to help showcase 
a better option. There's still going to be some folks on that channel that are going to be assholes. There might be some people that unsubscribe, maybe many of them, because this would be a different kind of content than what they were used to. And perhaps somebody would take their place and take his place and say, oh, well, if he's not going to be racist, well, I'll do it. The fact of the matter is that this is an opportunity for him to step up and actually change a situation. And if, not to say that it has, but if this is a genuine situation and a, a representation of a potential change of heart, then I hope that it's backed up by more than just videos, but also by actions as well. With the iPhone 8 being announced today at Apple's event, along with the iPhone X, I think it's an interesting time to talk about something a little more positive than PewDiePie, and that's mobile gaming. I think that a big part of the reason why we're seeing this broadening of the game space and seeing so many different kinds of titles and styles brought to bear is in no small part due to mobile gaming. Though free-to-play had gotten a pretty poor response from a number of folks off the bat because it was looked at as exploitative, as we've talked about here on the show before, free-to-play gaming gives people an opportunity to get in and get exposed to gaming culture and to games they might like without having to shell out $60 for a game itself, maybe three or $400 for a console, not to mention, if we're talking about PC gaming, the cost of the rig and the monitors and all those kinds of things. It gives people an opportunity to just get familiar and to try something out, determine whether or not it's for them. I am hoping that mobile gaming continues to see this growth. Already, I've heard recently about some trends in mobile gaming that I knew nothing about. Uh, romance or dating games, uh, these sort of narrative-focused <clears throat> games where uh, you end up paying for currency. You pay per chapter or you pay uh, to unlock certain endings or refill your stamina. Uh, it sounds really frustrating, <laughs> but it also is tying into a market that was not being catered to before. Is not being catered to by the folks who realize that if you're going to appeal to somebody who is going to throw down $60 for your game, you want to make sure that you're giving them something they expect, something that they're actually going to put that money out for. The iPhone, in no small part, helped with this. The standardization of each iPhone, that an iPhone is an iPhone is an iPhone as opposed to Android phones, where you may not know from manufacturer to manufacturer what your hardware specs are going to be, how much RAM you have, what kind of processor you're using. I believe that standardization essentially made developing for the iPhone for a while like console development. You could just make the game based on the specs of that particular style of hardware and call it at that and be able to access a broad user base. That standardization like standardizing the axle, the size of an axles on a car makes everything more efficient for everybody. Now, with Unity available to make it really uh, much easier to create your games for mobile and for consoles, 
I think that we'll continue to see some innovation in the mobile space. I hope that there are some really awesome games out there that folks are playing right now on mobile. I'm playing Crown Takers, which is a uh, roguelike RPG. Are you playing any cool mobile games? Uh, if you are, I'd love to hear about them. Either drop a comment here on Anchor, or you can go ahead and leave a call in. Maybe you'll hear yourself here on the show. Alright folks, let's go ahead and take a quick midday music break. Today's selection is from an album called OST, Original Soundtrack. It's by Daniel Capo, and it is, actually, it's one of my favorite chiptune-style albums. Uh, it sounds like a game soundtrack, and every time I listen to the album, I wish that there was a game that it went with. But this is just uh, some music that is styled to, I guess, fit the mood or evoke themes of games. As far as I know, there's no game that it's attached to. Uh, this track is level four on the album. It's called Furnace, and I uh, hope you enjoy.
Alright folks, we are back from our break, and we've got a few call-ins from Tesse over at Art Speaks Radio. Let's go ahead and take a listen. Hey, Telegram Radio, I am Tesse from Art Speaks Radio, and I, well, okay, first of all, the whole Peter Pie thing. I won't talk about it too much because I commented a whole lot, and, <laughs> and quite frankly, it nothing irks me more than some of these kind of people in the gaming community they're like you know the entitled professional troll kind of people who say things just because they can and they feel like they can get away with it and then are very skilled at fault at false um and insincere outrage and and hurt when they find out that oh people don't like when i do this um all I have to say about that is that I don't trust his um, apology only because he has done nonsense like this in the past and he's still doing it in the future. And nothing really bad happens to him when he does it, so. That said, now we'll be on to something much happier. Um, mobile gaming. So, I got into mobile gaming a couple of years ago and it kind of started for me with Facebook, weirdly enough, and then I, um, when I moved to Nigeria, uh, for like a year, um, and I was like doing an office job when in my downtime, usually when I was like waiting between shifts because it was a media house. So we had a couple of hours, uh, during the day where we didn't have a lot going on and we were kind of waiting till the next, uh, show or, or the next segment that was going up. So, um, what I would do is that I downloaded um, a couple of different shows, like a, a couple of different games, like the farming game, not Farmville, but like something else, um, as well as another, as well as Plants vs. Zombies, which I really, really enjoyed. I finished it. Thanks for those call-ins to say. The fact of the matter is that uh, when it comes to PewDiePie's apology, there's no telling whether or not it's actually genuine. There are any number of financial uh, motivators at this point that I think could be incentivizing a change of heart. And regardless of whether or not there's a financial push, there's still the idea of whether or not he actually cares about the damage he's done. I hope that he does, but there's no telling. Today I watched a Twitch stream, it was highlighted on the front page of Twitch, uh, Cypher of Tear, aka Tanya to Pass, uh, gave a talk at Twitch HQ about being a marginalized voice on a streaming platform, about the concerns that arise in those situations, ways that Twitch can hopefully adapt to help protect streamers from harassment, and of course, Twitch chat showed up to be just as foolish as you'd expect. Um, a number of folks were in there with fighting the good fight to try and help either enlighten folks or to handle trolls. So shoutouts to UGR Gaming, to Spawn On Me, the folks at the Spawn On Me podcast. I saw both Khalif and Sharif in there. Um, and folks who were just trying to not, <laughs> not let this kind of idiocy perpetuate itself. But... The second that the discussion turned on to PewDiePie and his usage of the word, all of a sudden, I mean, it was as if 
the trolls in chat got extra life and just went all over the place. Now, luckily, there wasn't anybody actually dropping the N-word, probably in no small part due to Twitch auto-mod. But the fact of the matter is, as we said before, there's an entire culture of folks who have now been cultivated and raised based on the attitudes that PewDiePie's videos and his uh, not-that-great quote-unquote responses or apologies have fostered. So, I don't know where that all turns out. In terms of mobile gaming, <laughs> just to make that really quick, um, I'm glad that you have had good experiences with mobile gaming. I think there are some great titles out there, um, and I will have to search around for a couple good recommendations. I'll try and uh, drop those to you tomorrow, but uh, thank you for those call-ins, and thank you for uh, keeping up on IG Radio. It's, uh, it's good to have some new input and some new voices on the channel. Our next call-in comes from Seriously Foolish. Hello, Josh. My name is Paul, a.k.a. Seriously Foolish. I definitely liked your segment because it harkens back to my youth, uh, which I think really does have a huge part to play in what video game soundtracks are considered iconic or at least memorable to the person. So for me, growing up, it, with the NES console, it was Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, and then when I had the Sega Genesis, it was uh, um, Comic Zone or um, Earthward Jim, Sonic the Hedgehog, and then finally, one of the most memorable soundtracks of all, as you already mentioned, uh, through the Xbox was Halo. I mean, all you have to do is hear the drums, and you know what it is, so really appreciate that topic. And uh, thanks for bringing it to the forefront. Hey, thanks for that call in. And thank you for the segment that you put together about Hurricane Irma and the ways that your community came together after the storm had passed. That's a really amazing thing to think about. Uh, out here on the West Coast, we are not dealing with hurricanes, but uh, we have fires. <laughs> and uh, thinking about the different ways that people come together in times of struggle i think it's really important not only to appreciate when those things happen but also to share those stories to give others hope so i really appreciate you taking the time to put that segment together and i would encourage intelligame listeners to swing over uh to that station and check it out as far as video game music is concerned i i think you listed off some really awesome titles i adore comic zone it was one of my favorite side-scrolling action games on the Sega growing up. Um, I also, you know, the Casino Night Zone and the Chemical Plant Zone in Sonic 2, I think, are some of the best music that the 16-bit era had to offer. Um, a couple deep cuts that I would recommend in terms of uh, video game soundtracks from that era. Um, actually, I guess... Oh, no, it is two. Uh, one of them is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The There was a side-scrolling action game for the Super Nintendo, and that soundtrack is, is on point. Uh, the game itself is kind of mediocre, and the ending is pretty racist, actually. You've got, <laughs> it's got Zack 
uh, hanging over the side of the car. Kind of looks like he's like whooping like a like a monkey or something. And then the game closes with him dancing in a circle for for all of the rest of the Angel Grove Juice Bar attendees. Uh, but the soundtrack is killer, absolutely killer. Um, and the other one that I would recommend is the Jurassic Park soundtrack for Super Nintendo. Now it's only got a good four or five tracks to it, but it goes hard. Like it, it is, it is really good, um, and I think it's really interesting to think about the uh, the depth and the variety that came from some of these really um from some of these retro consoles uh there's also some some good stuff out there on like the game boy advance and and whatnot but uh, i would recommend just jumping into youtube and checking out the soundtracks for mighty Morphin power rangers and jurassic park for the super nintendo uh, if again, if folks have other soundtracks that they uh, want to talk about, feel free to drop them either as call-ins or comments. I'd love to uh, to add to my repertoire. You heard me mention briefly the stream that Cipher of Tear gave the talk that she gave at Twitch HQ and the terrible <laughs> the, the the yeah the problematic discussion that came as a result in Twitch chat it left me feeling pretty uninspired about streaming there's something about the idea that someone would just go and simply say like this is what it is like to be a marginalized person in chat and these are the reasons why moderation tools are necessary and then to see the chat become exactly that to, to see it become exactly the problems that were addressed it was it was, it was kind of heartbreaking but I ended up actually doing the first casual stream for Let's Intelligame. Uh, I usually do, I only stream on Thursdays and we do Let's Intelliplay where we take on a pretty focused uh, game that has some sort of like social or societal relevance usually and then have a discussion about it as we play. And tonight, uh, instead, we just played some Player Unknown Battlegrounds which is the big uh, sort of Battle Royale slash Hunger Games style uh, multiplayer shooter. And it's definitely not <laughs> the most intellectually inspired game. But what it did do, I, I, by the time I was done with the stream, I was so just happy, I guess, uh, was, is the word. The uh, It was pretty impromptu, so <coughs> a few... Um, a few friends jumped in to watch the stream from the beginning, and then Awesome Hylian, who I work with on Twitch PDX, uh, dropped me a host a little later, and then uh, I sent my viewers when I was done over to Fluffy Pancake XO. Um, basically, it was just oh, and <clears throat> and uh, Video Dante and. Uh, Khalif Adams from the Spawn On Me podcast, 
and uh, moderator unseen academical were all part of the squad so we were all playing the game together and uh, it just felt like community it felt like a really strong really vibrant community and even if we weren't playing a game that gave us a ton to dive into intellectually just the idea that we were able to spend time with each other for a while was really important and really powerful and by the time the stream was over I just grinned like legitimately I was I was super smiling uh, my friend Rachel has been straight was streaming Final Fantasy 4 uh, and she just finished the stream of the game this past weekend and she messaged me and she says I get it I get it now I see why people want to stream the it doesn't it, it you have to bring up that when Tanya uh, gave her presentation one of the things that she let off with is that she held a pretty informal survey of almost 200 people and found that the majority of people who said that they had not streamed and did not want to stream said that they did not do so for fears of online harassment and this was uh, the response for, I believe, about 74% of people who responded that this was at least one of the reasons that they did not stream. Online harassment is definitely a thing in online streaming spaces. But I also have to acknowledge that some of the most amazing, inspirational moments that I have had online and with IntelliGame has come from streaming. If it sounds like a space that is intimidating to you, I would encourage you to find a community that is positive and spend time there because there are tons of them. There are people out there like Fluffy Pancake XO and Just Everest and Spawn on Me, Cipher of Tear, uh, TYR is Tear. Um, oh my gosh, Awesome Hylian. There are so many places that you can spend time to have a positive stream. I, I would check it out. Alright folks, that does it for me tonight. I've been your host, Josh Boykin. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook at Facebook or Twitter.com slash Wallstormer. You can also find more Intelligame content at Intelligame.us and you can follow us on social media at Facebook or Twitter.com slash Let's Intelligame. We are going to be doing more live streaming, so I would encourage you to go ahead and drop a follow over at twitch.tv slash Let's Intelligame. And of course, if you're going to tell friends about the podcast here, you can send them to anchor.fm slash Let's Intelligame. If you are listening with your favorite podcast app, I'd encourage you to check out the Anchor app. It gives you the opportunity to call in, to leave applause, to get updates the second that they go through instead of waiting for the episode to load. And it also gives you access to the entire rest of the Anchor community where there are some really powerful stories being told and gives you the opportunity to tell some stories of your own. And of course, we are supported by listeners just like you. So if you like what IntelliGame is doing and you want to help support it, you can swing over to patreon.com slash letsintelligame. We'll be back tomorrow with more IntelliGame radio content, but until then, keep IntelliGaming.